All right, well, let's go ahead and uh, get started. If you guys can turn your Bibles to John 14. Uh, it is always kind of a, a doozy when you're doing worship and preaching. But hey, anything that glorifies God, amen, that's what's going to happen. Uh, and so turn your Bibles to John 14. Like I said, uh, we are still continuing on. If you guys haven't caught uh, the flow, but we're starting uh, a new uh, topic or a new series of talks uh, titled Greater Love. Um, and I, I, I love this topic, right? I love greater love, right? Because I think a lot of the times I can start off the new year feeling very confused, um, but it's always so good to, to stick to the fundamentals. And I think this next season uh, of, of talks together, of our times together, is going to do exactly just that. Uh, but it's still the new year's, right? So who's having a good new year so far? Right. Amen. That's good. That's good. I, I expected... Uh, I didn't expect that many hands, but I'm glad that that's where our church is at, that we love the new year. We're doing some great things, right? Uh, but I don't know about you guys, but New Year's resolutions, I'm sure you guys have already thought about the things that you want to improve on this year, right? The new you in 2022, right? I think, I think that's how it goes, right? But I feel, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like this is the question to always ask people in the month of January. And I don't know if it's just me, but I really have a difficult time, like, answering that question, like New Year's resolutions. Who, who has, like, a difficult time thinking about, okay, I, I, I thought I was just me in my own little camp, but uh, it's, it's difficult, right? And so I've made some pretty good New Year's resolutions um, in the past, but like most people, my resolutions usually have, like, a shelf life of, like, three months. Uh, and so I wanted to share with you guys some of my failed resolutions. Are you guys, you guys ready? All right. I'm getting a little open here. All right. So my first failed resolution that I always come up every single year is working out, is getting more fit, right? You know, uh, if you guys didn't know this, but Mikhail actually works at Planet Fitness. And that was like my go-to place when I was in college. But if you ask Makah how he's doing, he's working hard because January is one of the busiest seasons in any gym. But come February, it's back to normal business. You just see your regulars. You, you see people that have come in the doors through January, and you never really see them again. And I was one of those people. Like, I was on a first-name basis with, like, the guys, like, in, you know, on Planet Fitness in January. And best believe, I have never seen them again. So working out sometimes for me, man, I'm so inconsistent um, when I want to make that really my goal for 2022 or for any year. Another one is reading. Who's, who's made reading like a New Year's resolution before? Probably. <laughs> there you go. Thank you so much. I just see one hand. Nancy, just right there. Let's go, Nancy. Me and you, girl. All right. I, I don't know if I posted. Okay, I have this many books like books in my collection that I've like acquired and kept, right? And I have read half of each one. And, and some of, and it's kind of crazy because some of my books in that collection were from college. And so I have no idea how I passed those classes only reading half of those books. But that's me getting open. If you're just like me, my goal this year is to really get uh, into books. And so I want to read more. And so if if you share that same struggle, I'm with you. Another one is to drink more water. Yeah, drink more water. You know, I wanted to drink like three of these a day, 
But I've learned about what I've learned about myself, like in 2021, is that I lose this water bottle like three times a week. Right. And so how in the world can I keep track of my water drinking if I can't even keep track of my water bottle? Right. And so I need to be better. I need to be better. And there's this funny quote that I looked up because I wanted to see if there were other like weird New Year's resolutions online. But I found this uh, funny quote. It says a New Year's resolution is something that goes in one year and out the other. Right. But isn't that true? Right. Isn't that so true? I find it so hard to make a New Year's resolution because it's easy to come up with them, but it's even harder to keep it on track. Right. So with that being said, I had to really pull it in together in 2022. Roy, my theme is completion. Right. Is to be able to finish what I start. So 2022 it's going to be the year, right? But there's plenty of reasons why this idea of completion can be difficult. And I think the reason why it could be hard is because when we see obstacles and want to address it, we have no idea where to really start, right? And in our progress, we oftentimes lose this motivation, the why in adopting the resolution and, and keeping it um, and, you know, this search for motivation, this search for, you know, wanting to see it through and how challenging it can be is felt with any endeavor we try to succeed in. And this can be resolutions. This can be life problems. But also it can be spiritually. We can find that to be true. If there is one thing that we can share in common, especially as believers, is sometimes And more times than we like, we lose the why in our Christianity. We forget what brings us joy. We forget what brings us energy. We forget about the power that we put behind the words that we say to ourselves that Jesus is Lord. Am I right? And I want to, I want you guys to imagine if we all today wrote down on a little piece of paper, what is our why? I'm sure that it's going to be all different answers. And that's completely normal. But maybe if we did the exercise, and probably this is where I can fall into, is maybe some of us in this room might have a difficult time putting something on that piece of paper. And maybe we need more time, we need more thought to answer really why are we followers of Jesus. You know, something something to highlight in John 14, which is the book that we're going to, or the chapter, that we're going to look at is we're going to see moments where even the disciples had a hard time with this question, the why, and even understanding Jesus, they had a difficult time. And I really do believe this chapter is going to help us answer or maybe give us some sort of indication what is our why and what's our primary focus as worshipers of God. Because really, God's desire, and this is really the bottom line, it's something I want you guys to walk away with, is really God's desire for you is to be on the same page what gives us true motivation to be the best son and daughter of God that we can be. Amen? Yes. You know, and so this passage right here in John fourteen six and 7, uh, it says here that Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Amen. So God is saying, or Jesus is saying, to know God is to know Jesus. Right? So what is our true motivation? What is our motivation? What is our why? It's to be with 
God. And that's really what we're going to be talking and unpacking today with this amazing chapter, uh, John 14. So let's go ahead and uh, bow our heads for the word of prayer and then let's get started. Amen. Uh, Heavenly Father, God, Lord, thank you so much for this time together, this time with my family, this time with my fellow brothers and sisters, God, as we unpack your word, God. And uh, Lord, we're not trying to uncover this crazy, crazy topic or, or try to figure, God, we're just going to be in your word today. Help your spirit really ring through to uh, the words that Jesus has spoken to his disciples. Help it to give us clarity. Help us to give us direction, um, especially as disciples, as worshipers of you, followers of Christ. Lord, be with us. Be with our hearts. Help us to be attentive with the way that you're leading us today. Help move me aside. Um, help move anybody aside, God. Allow your word to really come through. I love you. Pray for everything. Mighty Son's name. Amen. The church says amen. Amen. All right. So the title of our time here is The Way, the Truth, and the Life, right? And Jesus offers a solution to how we can achieve that, right, which achieve this why. And again, it's him, like it says in that scripture. And a lot of people think that, that can, that's easy, right? That's a, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty good answer, that Jesus is the answer. But the disciples here in this chapter has had a really hard time. That you see even three disciples continually ask Jesus different questions, but we see that answer to all their question is one thing, and that's the trust and hope in Jesus. So we're going to catch three ways that Jesus described himself, and we'll unpack John 14 to give us some more life into this, these words, the way, the truth, and the life, and that is Jesus. Amen? And so the first point is the way. right? So Jesus said that I am the way. So what does that mean? And so in John 14, verse 1 to 5, and let's go ahead and read that together. It says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. And then Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And if you guys see it in your Bible, um, the, the title of it is that Jesus comforts his disciples. And I love the way that this chapter starts off because many of us need comfort from time to time, right? Raise your hand if you need comfort from time to time. Yes. How many of us need comfort all the time? Right, I need comfort all the time. There you go. I saw more hands raised up as quick. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed because we, we, we want that comfort. We love that feeling. And I love that Jesus starts off this chapter with, do not let your hearts be troubled. And I wonder why the chapter started off this way, but I can't help but feel this joy because this is exactly who Jesus is. Jesus is aware of our troubled status at times, our troubled emotions, but he's willing to address it with comfort and love. And this is important to me because many times in my discipleship, I can feel lost spiritually. I can feel troubled. And maybe it isn't the feeling of being completely lost. Maybe it's not this feeling of being disconnected, but maybe what it would feel like to be rusty at something. Right? And this is, my, this is how I look like when I'm just like, rusty at something like I was once good at it it used to be like a really good hobby and you you know years pass by and you pick it up and this is just what you feel all the time 
Right. I don't know if you guys just relate like that, that like pressure, like right here. And you're like a little nose bridge. Man, I, I feel that. I feel that it's awkward sometimes when I pick something up that I haven't touched in a long time. Right. The fundamental mechanics, for example, if I haven't played guitar for maybe like four months, I could just feel so weird on my fingers. Right. But it just feels off when we're rusty at something. But it's, in, it's those moments where I can feel helpless in my spirituality or out of sync with God. And even in those moments, I can question my ability, my purpose, question my worth in God. If I feel like my spirituality is a little rusty, you know, I can feel like Thomas and maybe we can feel like Thomas where Jesus gives us a promise. But then we kind of answer Jesus with a question asking for direction, maybe unaware of where Jesus wants to lead us. So, of course, you know, this passage starts with this comforting message. And I believe Jesus has a specific way of granting that comfort. And that's by promise, assurance by promise. Right. And so what I mean by that, he reminds us exactly why we should feel comfort. And what combats this comfort that Jesus promises to us is when we have this idea that we have to earn this comfort. Or we earn our way to God. And there's no way that we can earn it. And the way I I, I view it is this idea of this narrow road mentality. You know, a, a, a way that I can think about this narrow road mentality is when I think about that salvation is earned versus salvation is a gift. Right? That this freedom that I have through Christ's sacrifice is something that I have to amount to. Or something I have to work towards. That I have to make certain decisions in order to gain that salvation, but I forget that Jesus voluntarily died on the cross. And that was a gift to you and me. Another way is for me is I get motivated by shame instead of love. And so let's say that I try to earn my salvation. I do things that I'm not proud of. I fall off track. I miss the mark. I view God as I'm going to be punished. I don't deserve God's love, rather than this is the love that God so lavishes on me. And another thing is the being overworked versus being created. I got to remember that, yes, Adam and Eve left the Garden of Eden and had to toil for the rest of their lives, but they were creations of God before that, right? And we have to really realize that the way that God intended when he created us is he just wanted to live with us. He wanted us to kind of be in this creation with God. But oftentimes, we don't, we don't view it that way. We have this narrow road mentality. And I think about the scripture in Matthew 7, 13, 14. It says, enter, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. And the reason why I put this scripture up is because I remember reading this and having this scripture taught to me that this pertains to that difficulty of salvation, right? Not failing to mention, you know, the sacrifices and the decisions. So it is difficult. It is, it takes like a lot of yourself when we try to learn about salvation. But the road to salvation is a narrow one, like it says here in the scripture But it's almost as if it's insinuating that not a lot of people can manage that struggle, right? That you need a certain amount of grit to see it through. 
But when I read John 14 and I read verse 6, Jesus says that no one gets to God without him. No one comes to the Father except him. And I can see this as the narrow road that maybe Jesus was pertaining to when he said this. But in our worry, we try to tough that narrow road. In our worry, we try to do things to earn by adding more to our Christianity to find that one thing that can keep us on the road. But Jesus offers only one thing, and that's a relationship with him. And so if you think about it, that's a pretty wide road if you're kind of catching. Because all Jesus is saying is, learn from me. Have a relationship with me. There's no one specific place that you have to be at. There's no direction you have to follow. It's not something that you do, but the road to salvation and the way to the Father is a companionship with Jesus. And that's what he offers. And the beauty in this is that it's simple. It's a simple task to build a relationship with Jesus. And even in verse 7, Jesus says this, if you kind of catch this, it says that you do know him and you have seen him. And so Jesus is saying, hey, we, you guys did it. You see me. You know me. You have that way to God. But the tragedy in this, it's, in its simplicity, is people still have a difficult time desiring this connection with Jesus. People have a hard time believing in the love that Jesus has. And this is what should break our hearts when we come face to face with people around us. Is that they need your help. They need to see your connection with Jesus. And I think that's the narrow road. That not a lot of people will be receptive to Jesus and they won't enter through that gate. So how narrow is the gate? But it's all about Jesus. In Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are God's masterpiece created in Messiah Jesus to perform good actions that God prepared long ago to be our way of life. Amen? We are God's masterpiece. Jesus is the way. And what Jesus then says after that is he's the truth. And so let's unpack more about what that truth is uh, when Jesus said this. So let's look at starting verse 8 uh, to 14. You guys can read it. I'll, I'll, I'll read it with you guys. But it says, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. So again, another disciple goes, all right, let me ask Jesus this groundbreaking question. But Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. But Jesus answered, don't you know me? Philip, even after I have been among you for such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak of my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. So believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me or at least believe on the evidence of the work themselves. Amen. So he kind of puts Philip in his place. But it says here, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the, thing, the works that I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Jesus, that's Jesus right there, and he's laying down some truth. 
right? But we see Philip asking a question, but again, Jesus tells Philip, like Thomas, you missed the point. You're missing it. And in verse 12, right there on kind of that bottom section, he says, very truly, I tell you. And I've read like scriptures where it starts off like that. And I've read that many times, but I really forget why Jesus has said that. And when I and when I read a scripture like that, I have to feel like I have to be prepared because what Jesus is doing is he's about to lay down some irre, like irrefutable truth. And so it's almost like when you read this, you got to like listen. And it's oftentimes in my Bible reading, I miss that so many times. But what he's saying is very truly, I tell you, is I want to let you know that I have this incredible unity with God. Right. That there's this unity between Jesus and God the father. But I think the problem like Philip that we can fall into is we continually try to search or maybe we question the existence of God, maybe in our lives, maybe something crazy is happening and we're like, God, where are you? And that's what Philip was saying. Well, show us the father and that will be enough for us. But Jesus responds to him. Don't you believe? And I think that's the question that maybe Jesus is asking us this afternoon. When we think about the truth is, don't you believe that Jesus is in the Father, that Jesus is God, right? And the beauty about Jesus is not only is he divine, that he is God in the flesh, but he's flesh, that he's also man, right? So he can struggle like us. He can face the same problems like us. He can hurt and be pained like us, but he's still God in the flesh. And we're currently in a room full of people that have walked with Jesus for years. And I'm astonished by the level of your faith and how many years many of you guys have been walking with God. But yet our lives can come to a point where like Philip, we still ask Jesus to show us God, right? And maybe that was last night. Maybe that was last week. Maybe that was last year. But we reason with Jesus like Philip, that that will be enough for us. God, if you can answer this prayer just once, I'll be faithful. God, if you rescue me from this trouble at work, I'll be surrendered. God, if you can, God, if you do this blank, then I'll be blank. You can fill it out. But our trust in God then becomes conditional. Are you guys catching that? But Jesus here lays the truth. That God is working and Jesus was living proof that God is working. And another thing that Jesus lays here is that trusting in Jesus requires the belief that he has worked in the past and will continue to work in the future for your good. Right? Because if you realize it, and I want you guys to believe this, that the same faithful God of 2021 is the same God of 2022. Right. That the years change, but God remains the same. And the answer, which is Jesus, will always be the same answer for anything. Right. And that's what Jesus is saying is the truth is that you need to trust in me. Trust in me. And the third and final thing is Jesus is the way, Jesus is the truth, and he is also the life. Right. And in John fourteen fifteen to 21, it says this. If you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate 
to help you and be with you forever. And that is the spirit of truth. Everyone say the spirit. The spirit. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. Amen. For he lives with you and will be in you. And I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. And on that day, you will realize that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I too will love them and show myself to them. There's a lot of great stuff in this chapter, right? And Jesus ends this chapter by painting what our life will look like even when Jesus leaves. And when we're waiting for his arrival. And what Jesus is saying is that we are granted the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of truth. The Spirit of God himself. uh, An advocate, like it says here. And this Spirit is the very presence of God within us. And it helps us to live as God wants us to. And to build others up to live that promise as well. Right? And, and the word uh, advocate translated into Greek is this Greek word called parakletos. Parakletos. And in other definitions of this Greek term, it says a counselor, a comforter, and a helper. I don't think I misspelled counselor. That's what it said online. So I just copied and pasted. So if you think I misspelled it, maybe I did. But it's a counselor, a comforter, a helper. And so when I think about this aspect of the spirit being this advocate, it says and it means that it not only counsels us to do uh, to do life in line of God's will, but it also says that it's a comforter. So not only it does that, but this image of that comforter, like we discussed earlier, it shows that God recognizes the difficult moments in our lives. Right. And that. God knows that we're going to face trouble in this world. And another definition that I didn't put up here, but I thought was just mind-blowing, is that the word advocate and the word parakletos also defines as calling to one's aid. Right? So, But the Holy Spirit carries us when we're on the right track, but it also comforts us back on that track when we feel like we've fallen off. And so what is our response to having this spirit? And in verse 21 of that, uh, that scripture that we've read, again, it says that this theme of following Jesus uh, is through loving and obeying his commands. And when you read on, you read another disciple, which is Judas, answer him another, ask him another question. And he asks him, well, why have you shown yourself to us but you haven't shown yourself to the rest of the world and judas like so many other disciples expected jesus to establish more on earth and to be this messiah to like overthrow rome and they wondered why he didn't go as public as much but the truth is is not everyone understood that not everyone was receptive to Jesus' message but jesus was intentional in holding these deeper parts of his message, but he makes it clear to anyone who strives to love him, that anyone who tries to obey him, that there's this promise. And in Psalm 143, 10, 
It says to teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. You know, the end result of the spirit for our lives and the way that the spirit can impact our lives is this level ground that is scripture is talking about. It's this lasting peace. And the enemy of peace is conflict, right? The enemy of this peace that God wants to give us is conflict. And our lives can be full of conflict, right? Conflicts at work, conflicts with family, with friends, with relationships, with finances, etc. You can name it. We feel this conflict. But that peace from God is what Jesus calls for us to replace that conflict with. I need you guys to ask yourself, are we accepting this peace? Are we seeing this peace in Philippians 4, 6, and 7? It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and that peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so maybe some practical questions to think about this aspect, about this life that Jesus wants us to experience with the Spirit, is how does the Spirit in you call you to trust in God? How does the Spirit that God has placed in you as a deposit call you to trust in God? Another question that I like to ask myself when I think about the Spirit is, what area in your life, in my life, is God wanting to instill peace in you? I think this is a question to ask ourselves sometimes because God is absolutely instilling peace in you. But sometimes we've got to ask ourselves this question to help remind us that God is constantly at work even despite us knowing, even despite us believing. But Jesus wants to give us this peace in our life. And we need to, we need to really reflect on that. So in conclusion... We'll take this into a landing. It's to understand God's will, the truth in his word, the life he wants us to live, is to know the blueprint that is foundational to all of these things. Right? The way, the truth, and the life. How in the world can we understand what God wants for us in these aspects? But really, Jesus already said it in John 14, is I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life, right? So in this theme of greater love, we now understand why it's so valuable to be a follower of Jesus. He simplifies our motivation. When we have no idea what our why is, that answer is Jesus. And that drives us to be faithful despite the obstacles, to be faithful till our last breath. You've lost your way you don't know where you're going. Well, Jesus finds you and he leads you. He shepherds you back to God. You've been searching for truth. You probably came in here not knowing what your truth is, what the truth of God is, but Jesus offers the answer and more. You've been needing direction for your life. You don't know where your life is going. You don't know how to define your life. In 2022, while well, Jesus ushers in the spirit of God, that has been given to you to help guide you and to help comfort you when this year goes 
wild. <laughs> so if you came in today feeling off spiritually and needing a spiritual adjustment, I hope and pray that you leave this afternoon feeling confident, knowing that we have a solution, that we have seen the solution, that we are made new, that we are transformed creations because of that solution. And that solution is Jesus Christ. Amen. And, you know, this chapter can help, hopefully can help remotivate you this week in the way that God has been trying to do in you for a very long time. And so we're going to take communion and I want you guys to reflect on this passage. We're going to read this together and I'll leave this up um, as we pray to God and as we reflect on the bread and the juice. And it's in First Peter 3.18. It says, because Christ also suffered for sins once the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. Amen. This is Jesus who suffered for the righteous and unrighteous and have died, but is made alive in the spirit. So brothers and sisters, I hope you guys believe that. I hope that we see that there's no greater love than the love that Jesus had for us, who laid down his life And we understand that Jesus is the way, that Jesus is the truth, and Jesus is the life. Amen? And let's go ahead and pray for communion. Heavenly Father, God, Lord, thank you so much, Dad, just for uh, the truth. God, thank you for Jesus who supplied the way, who paved the way. God, thank you for the Spirit, God, who judges and dictates and leads our life. God, I know that many times, even as being a disciple for 10 years, God, I feel like still I ask myself, God, where are you? (laughs) God, show me the way. God, why have you not made yourself known? And I can be like these disciples that have walked with Jesus. And Lord, sometimes I need to hear Jesus telling me that you know the way. You've seen the truth. You know what your life needs to be. God, I'm grateful that the Bible isn't cryptic. I'm grateful that your word is, uh, God, just straightforward and it leads me um, to be more in tune of your will. God, I pray that if we feel lost today, if we feel rusty in our spirituality, if we feel a little off spiritually, Lord, I pray that we are being led by nothing else but your son, Jesus. God, we're grateful for this time of communion. Help us to be at the foot of the cross to know that none of this would be even possible without the sacrifice of your son. Help us to look uh, at Jesus, God. Look at the sacrifice. God, know that we don't earn it, that we don't deserve it. God, but yet you give it to us because you love us. You're calling each and every one of us, God, to a greater year. I pray, Lord, that you can give us vision. God, that you can lead this year, help 2022 be one of the best years of our life, not only here on this earth, but even as disciples, as followers of your son. We love you, and I pray for everything in mighty son's name. Amen.